Welcome to another episode of Who Gives a Who? I'm Luke. I'm joined today by Ben Turner. Hello. Hey ben. How's your biking going? You know, uh, it's great. Did a real solid workout, about 40 minutes of sweet spot. Today is hard, but I got it done. Feeling good. Training's, oh. training's good. Finally back in the green zone. Feeling great about you, it. You're just about ready with your cardio to come play pickup with us. Oh, gosh. Speaking of uh, you know, I ran for three weeks in a row and my foot hurt and I stopped running. I hate running. <laughs> I digress. Uh, we're joined by producer Riley today, who's actually going to, to speak on the pod. Yes, uh, it's weird to be on this side of the pre-recording. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've just been hanging out, editing the podcast and um, watching with a rooting interest in Ben's biking progress on Instagram. Fancy. I like to, like to hear that. <laughs> and joining us as our special guest, hopefully soon to be friend of the pod, Bobby Murphy, new assistant coach for Union Omaha. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Well, glad to have you. Glad we suckered you into it. Um, you know, it's not not everybody who who really wants to come on this pod. So so glad you. Uh, I was someone... not, I was not coerced at all. I was all volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> Blink twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so let, let, let's break into some news. Uh, I, I feel like we got some. Uh, ben, I, I think you have one that you, you really want to get out there. Oh, I really do. Uh, Phoenix rising, more like Phoenix falling to us twice. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we, Went down one nothing against Phoenix twice and hey, came back hey, and beat them. We got, we got two someone who's there. Let's let's we ask do. him to walk us through it. <laughs> um, you know, it was a great trip. I think it, it was it was time it, it was time to, you know, you preseason can be pretty mundane, you know, and and to get the players. I think Jay did a, had a great idea of taking them away, getting them in some warm weather, getting them on grass, which makes just such a huge difference. Um, you know, it got off to a rough start. Actually, our flight was delayed five or six hours. I think they were actually trying to rebook us the next day and ended up sending another plane just because we had, you know, 30 people in our party and they couldn't <laughs> rebook us. But we really did not get settled in. I didn't get to bed till 1.30 Pacific time, Phoenix time, which is 3.30 a.m. here and we played at noon. So, so yeah, the players were great. To be fair, the first game, they... um you know, fought hard and, and, you know, grinded away. And, you know, then we trained for a couple of days and got to play Phoenix again and were able to change some things up, which, um, you know, was decided to, instead of just, you know, staying with the same shape and almost going with a repeat of the game, try and mix some things up and see how players responded. And, and, and they did great. And, you know, I think Jay deserves, I don't know how much credit he gets and how much people, um, really know the effort he went in and on the recruitment side and, and, and the, the, just the characters he's brought in, you know, just kids who want to work hard, kids who train hard every day, they learn and uh, they just want to win, you know? And I think, I think that, you know, solves so many problems um, having those types of people in the locker room every day. So, you know, the trip was a huge success. Um, everybody got home safe. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, I think it was something 
well worth well worthwhile and, and to go up against a team that, that has a payroll of well over a million dollars i think um and to come away with two results anytime you do that um you know it shows progress and and puts us on a on a good course for what's coming you know in the next six weeks so i gotta ask uh that phoenix did did interviews with their coach after after both games and after that second game the the amount of negging coming off of that coach uh saying oh yeah like omaha definitely came out here to play a play a real game we're just out here you know trying to trying to work a few things but but from the sounds of it we were very much trying to to work things we just sounds like our guys are going into every game wanting to win which is kind of the attitude you want with the team yeah i think there's a great culture within the group you know they're competitive they want to win um you know, if I had been in his shoes, I probably would have said the same thing, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, you just have to, that's just the nature of the business, you know, and, um, you know, and our kids, you know, whenever you play against someone who's in a perceived higher division or higher league, you know, you want to prove yourself. You want to prove that you should be, you know, um, you should be there. And, and it happens across all forms of competition, you know? And so, um, whatever, I mean, you know, Whatever he had said, whatever it doesn't matter. It did, I mean, it doesn't really matter because <laughs> we don't really we don't rate him too highly on the pod. So, so don't worry well, if you want to say me and stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I mean, he's a colleague, and you know, but I think the you know we professional respect and and it doesn't whatever he has to say doesn't change the fact of how hard we played and how well we played and what we're going to do this season. So I you know I worry about things that matter, and that really doesn't register very high. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. And I mean, after, were, were you at the, the Minnesota game? Were you on staff at that point? Yes. So can, can we steal a little bit on that too? Just yeah. cause that was, we, we, last year we, we beat Minnesota, uh, but that sounded last year, like it was more preseason run three, three sets of 30, less a straight 45, 45 scrimmage, which right. Sounds like there we there were two halves of forty five. Yeah, and I think you know, and I think um, you know the Minnesota game was was you know we've been focused a lot on defending when we got there, and we defended a lot when we got there. Um, you know, they had a lot of the ball as they should, you know, and you know, if I'm honest, you know, their players had a little bit of like, can we go to Florida now because they were leaving like in the next day or so. Um, <laughs> You know, but it's funny, right? It's like anything else. It's all fun and games till like somebody gets punched in the face, and then it's you know, then it's it 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 comes alive, and it, and the game did when we scored, and um, you know, they got a little twitchy toward the end, and and you know, but I think it's just it's over the course of as many games as we play and as much travel as we do, you're gonna have games like that. I don't care if it's against Minnesota United or. Fort Lauderdale, whoever, where you're just going to have to grind out a result. And that's, you know, and that just shows character that, that they were, were able to do that and even had a couple chances at the end to maybe steal a win. So that was a good trip as well, you know, and I think it's good for our players. You know, we want our players to be able to move on to bigger and better things. N not that Omaha, I, that, you might want to scratch that. You know, but to see what, what an MLS setup looks like and to what's, you know, what's out there for them. Um, you know, because I think this is a great setup here and the players are well taken care of and well looked after in a city that, that seems to care about them. 
Um, but there's always, you know, you can, you can try and attain, you know, whatever's next. And so for them to see that, I think is important. So we're strongly in favor of selling players on to MLF. Yeah. I'm a big fan of selling players too. <laughs> I'm all about making profits. So. Yeah. I, and it seems like we've got, got a lot of talent. Can you confirm though, for us that the goal scorer for that game was JP's Sears? Uh, yes, I can confirm that. Awesome. Who, who, had, uh, uh, who had JP in the in the lottery? Luke, none Luke of always us. says JP in the lottery. <laughs> he told me he told me that, and I said, "Is this what you want to have happened, or do you know <laughs> this happened?" I can confirm it happened from about a yard and a half out. So, Go, going into uh, into the year, I wouldn't figure JP is our highest scoring player in preseason, but it seems like he's he's, right, he's at that right point up now. I mean, he's ready to. He's ready to win back his midfield spot that his appendix lost him last year. Uh, he, he still owes me a banger. <laughs> he does. But, uh, so our next game or, or announced game uh, on the books is against SKC two. Uh, what's that? Four seventeen at two in the afternoon. Uh, same day as a friend's wedding. So I'm not going to be there. Ben Riley. We got to We got to start coordinating our schedules better because I believe this is the second home friendly in a row that you and I are both out of town for. Well, just why don't you guys just get us the schedule and and your schedules and we'll work around those. No, I would would appreciate it. Thank you. So does this mean only me and Bobby will uh, that are currently in this call will uh, be at the game? Yeah. 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 So. The the exciting part with uh, the SKC two game in my mind, obviously it, it's a friendly, you know, against a team in a higher division, but what whatever there, the chance to see Ozzy Cisernos play in Omaha, that that is who Ozzy's sixteen years old just signed a, a pro contract with. Is he is he sixteen? Uh, I think he's still sixteen. I, I, I would say he's 15. Uh, anyway, continue. Well, yeah. I want to do some research. <laughs> but he's getting him up. See, there you go. Uh, getting him up here in a chance to, to play in front of all people who may have known him growing up and, and getting that out there, I, I think it's going to be an absolutely huge, huge draw. Again, it's not confirmed whether or not he will but based on the way Peter Vermees seems to be using that SKC two team, it it's extremely likely. You know what storyline I'm interested in? I'm interested in the Ethan Vanacore Decker revenge game. <laughs> no, but see Ethan Vanacore Decker played for Swope Park Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just want to say, um, I think he understands that they're the same team. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm just saying he played for the team that had some soul. <laughs> uh, as a Sporting Kansas City fan, I I have to you know, appreciate that SKC two is very much development, but you no, know, it, it's it lost its soul when it cut the Swope Park name. I don't disagree with that at all. I still think he's gonna be out for uh, to let those folks know what they're missing. Well, as he should. Basically, I mean, you know, he, a bona fide MVP of a league. Yeah. I mean, I believe you have a hashtag for that. There might even be t-shirts. Stickers, uh, buttons, 
mugs, coffee mugs, get it all. <laughs> where, where can we find those, Ben? Uh, you know, just uh, we'll uh, owe shirts, but, uh, you know, owe shirts is going to come back for uh, season two. Uh, so everybody get excited about that. Woo! Real excited here. And you, you can get single game tickets for that. I believe they're at a little bit of a premium, so that way we can pay SKC2's high price to to show up. But then you can get your single game tickets for, is it the full season at this point or just the first I, couple I of games? I think it's just the first game. I was emailing with Josh today. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. should know Josh Sindelar, uh, season ticket rep. Um, I was emailing with him today, just uh, making sure I'm able to take the whole family to some games. So, um, you know, if you still have things like that, that you need to get taken care of, I highly suggest reaching out before, you know, turns out you're sitting next to one person for one game and therefore your family's never sitting there. Well, and I believe he can be reached at Josh S at union Omaha.com. Josh's Josh's at union Omaha.com. Josh's. Yeah. Okay. But but let's break it down and now officially start harassing you, Bobby. All right. Oh, I got the first one. Uh, Do they call you Murph? No, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely the upset of the evening. They actually call me Coach a lot, which I find, like, I look around and I'm like, no, just call me Bobby. It's all right. So. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Get get a lot of the... uh, the college kids who are still very much in that, that yeah. mindset. So, so, but, um, so you've have quite, quite the history, everything, but how did you, uh, how'd you get to know Jay? How'd you end up here? Um, what was it just job or was there, there some previous connection? No, there? My first interaction with Jay was, I can't remember how long ago it was, but when he was a young college coach, I was his instructor for one of his licenses. And so, um, <laughs> And we've just stayed in touch ever since and crossed paths. And when he got this job, you know, congratulating him. And um, so there was some history there, which made this transition easier, I think, for both of us. So, um, yeah, and it was it was I'm really actually in the era of COVID and what's going on with sports, like just super grateful to not not only just have a job, but to have a job, you know, in such a organization that. Um, is going places and seems really positive and working for a guy who's, who I got a lot of respect for and a lot of, you know, I enjoy being with. So I'm pretty lucky guy right now. I consider myself pretty fortunate. Well, I mean, with, with COVID everything, obviously we didn't get off to the start that we wanted to, uh, is for full season, but timeline, timeline only really. Yeah, t- timeline only, um, and maybe one game that didn't happen that some teams are now. I mean, I I still think uh, we're still the record holders for longest undefeated start to a league one season. Yep, and we we currently have lost no games to Greenville, so that that's uh, something. We also probably hold the record for most ribs broken on a lightless field. That that is true. We we have yeah. also hold that record with no call. With no, no call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Need that important qualifier. <laughs> uh, so, Bobby, j- prior to, to coming up here, um, I mean, you you have history starting at Academy, but then you joined the Orlando City City Crew. Um, it, so, what what's your 
What's your story? What's my storyline. So I was, um, for a long time, I ran a residential academy through a private, uh, boarding school called St. Stephen's in Austin. They actually approached me, um, about taking that over, which was a great opportunity for me and my young family because, you know, my kids got free tuition and we got a free house. I was able to come home every night and see my family. See, you know, there's not, I mean, you know, some, I, one of you has children. There's nothing. Better. I yeah, do. It's me. There's nothing better than like <laughs> being able to see your kids during the course of your work day and their school day, you know, just to cross paths for if it's a moment or to have a lunch or whatever. I mean, that's just, that was a, a pretty amazing sounds time and experience. Sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it's great. And and during the course of that, I'd worked with Adrian Heath. Um, Orlando City was originally the Austin Aztecs for two years in the old USL. And so I was his assistant um, for two years. And then the franchise moved. They realized they weren't going to get MLS in Austin at the time. And I think it moved to Orlando. And I just, I couldn't afford to go to Orlando and, you know, if it was family first really is, you know, it was a better decision for my, my kids. And, um, at that time, so I stayed and then eventually, um, when my kids were old enough, you know, he called and said, can you come down? And so, I, um, I was his assistant for a while and then interim coach after he was released. And then Jason Christ kept me around, um, for a couple more years. And so that's how I, that was my Orlando experience. Um, you know, which was great. I mean, it sort of reminds me of what's going on here, you know, a small, smaller market that is pretty enthusiastic and it can really catch fire and grow. Um, you know, we were the biggest thing in town in Orlando. We were bigger than the magic at the time, you know, sports talk radio Monday morning, they were critiquing everything. And, you know, you, it's funny until you're on the receiving end of that, then you, you're the, all of a sudden you want to call in and be like, you don't know what the, you have no idea what you're talking about and like start, start defending yourself for some reason. Um, yeah. And then, you know, once I got let go from Orlando, which is just sort of the nature of the business, took some time off, um, was able to reconnect with my now grown children, you know, they were in college and go, go spend time with them and, um, latched on with the dynamo and, and their, uh, USL team for a year. And then their relationship with the ownership group, um, in RGV sort of dissolved. And I got caught in the middle of that and, um, was luck lucky enough to end up here. So I'm pretty lucky that I've been able to coach across, you know, all spectrums, you know, I've been able to see kids grow and get, you know, kids turn into men and, you know, young women turn into adults and see their lives change and put kids in the pros and then been able to, you know, work with players like, you know, the caliber of Dom Dwyer and Kaka and, you know, and then go back and take young pros at the dynamo and try and turn them into first team guys, which we were able to do. And, you know, so it's just a lot of different experiences and just trying to, um, you know, I think I've, you know, I'm old, you know, I'm not old, but my kids are all grown and I've got this sort of ability or gift to, to coach. And, you know, I want to now use it to have an, make my life an adventure, you know, and there's some pitfalls with that in terms of like, you never know where you're going to be from time to time, but you know, I never would else would have probably would never would have ended up in Omaha and now I get a whole new experience. So I'm pretty grateful for that. That's my, and I'm sticking awesome. to it. That's my story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's good. Oh, I'm trying to think. We had had at least one player who was down in RGV. Was that 
was that Boyce? Yeah, he, he was. Yeah, I he was on he was. trial last year. Yeah, he was on trial. Yeah. Okay. So you can uh, you can read more about Devin's journey on uh, our website wgahmedia.com with the journey Devin Boyce. Who wrote that, Ben? I did. I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh well okay so like you've kind of touched on this but um you know was there like you know in sort of doing your research to come here what was it uh, about sort of the on-field opportunity that really sealed the deal um you know i think it's it's you know for me and i don't know i can't speak for everybody i think but a lot of people in our business like to build things um and this is something that is still in the, in the building phase and to, to take, um, just see where this franchise can go. You know, that was, that was very appealing, um, being able to work for and with someone of Jay's character and quality, um, was very appealing. Um, you know, and, and, and just, you know, this is a league I haven't been in yet and to, to, to test this and, and see what was out there and, and the, the level of the league, which I've been impressed with. Um, you know, there's not a huge gap between what, what goes on in league one and what goes on in the championship. Um, so, you know, I think it's just the whole package of just a whole new experience, but somewhat familiar and that you're working with people that you know, and you trust and, you know, in this business, that's, that's everything, you know? So. Yeah. And uh, honestly, just based on your track record and past, seems like you're, you're a great fit. Uh, hopefully, you know, your, your work with youth in the past is something that is a precursor to some, some big youth things here. Cause I'm sure you've, oh, should we ask, uh, should we ask one of our Twitter questions? Uh, I'll let you let you jump in there and ask one of the, the questions from the masses. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you just, you're teeing it up. I thought so. Uh, Patrick Walsh asks coach Murphy. Yes, Patrick. Uh, he doesn't know that you like to be called Bobby. <laughs> Bobby, have you directed, you have directed and been a technical coordinator of a developmental soccer Academy. What challenges prevent union Omaha from having a development Academy? What advantage does advantages does the club possess that would contribute to a successful Academy? Don't answer the challenges part. I should have edited no. that one out. Um, what advantages would we have in terms of having an academy? You know, I think, right, like this is a business, right? You can't lose sight of this is a business. And and so there's a real difference between player development and youth soccer, right? There's some overlap, but they're really two different business models, Um and the player development model, which I would assume if were we to start an academy would be, would be to produce players for the first team, which ultimately could then be sold and make a profit for the club. And I think, you know, you see, um, so that would be it. The challenges even that, that I would foresee having is population size, you know, your player pool, um, you have obviously, you know, we mentioned the young man that's at sporting now people on your doorstep who are nicking, who will take your kids. Um, you know, those are all sort of challenges. Now that doesn't mean that a youth presence can't be had 
by Union Omaha, you know, and I think that may be something down the road that will develop. But I think um, to do it, you get, you know, we talked about this a lot in Orlando, you get one chance to roll this out and you want to make sure you, you're, you're, you're prepared and ready and can support young people in, in their, in, in what they're doing. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, someone's footing the bill for the whole thing and they, they want a little bit of a return on their investment. Um, so those are sort of the, you know, just sort of the groundwork that go into an academy. Right. And then there's the, there's the philosophical, um, uh, approach that your academy is going to take. Um, you know, because some places, I think Kansas City is a great example that they have a real unified vision from their academy to their first team. Um, I think FC Dallas also with hiring Lucci shows a real connection to like, this is our business model. We're going to produce young players. We're going to play them and we're going to move them on. Um, I think it's really hard, you know, the, in my, my opinion, and it's just mine and whatever it's worth, the club has to have a separate vision for who it is than necessarily whoever the head coach is of the first team at the time, because head coaches will come and go. Um, but the club is the club and they need to really have their own identity. And that takes a lot of thought and work to translate that philosophy into who the players you're going to produce are. So, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, it's a lot more than just ordering a bunch more smaller sized uniforms and, um, you know, to do it right, I think it's, it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of resources. And I think you have to get the first team right. But, but, but if you look at, you know, the ones here, like sporting, I think is one. FC Dallas, again, is another. Philadelphia is another, where if you get it right, your academy then drives your first team, right? So, so they look first at internally, um, and that drives the style and um, the player needs for signings and recruitment and all that. So that's, that's, that's the Academy sort of thing in a nutshell for me. So basically we, we need to really enhance uh, the transfer market as well as just solidify the business model before you think it's. Yeah. But I think also too, right. I mean, I, I mean, we're getting kind of in the weeds here, but you know, let's, let's. Yeah, that's why they come. Okay. That's why they come to us. <laughs> no, but if you look at it, right, you know, I was speaking with uh, an MLS Academy director who came from, you know, a, a club in Spain. There's no secondary market in the U.S. for players, if that makes sense. Right. So if you're Man City, for example, or Spurs or whatever European club. Yes, Leeds. you might. All right. Leeds. All right. Sorry. No, not <laughs> great contribution, Riley. I'm so glad you're here. But you know, and there's no secondary market for the for players as there is in Europe. So Leeds may have may not be able to sell one to a Premiership club, but they can sell one to a Championship club or a League One club. Um, here, it's either there's no secondary market. They're going to college for the most part, if that makes sense. You know, and the guy in Spain said, yeah, that, you know, yeah. Villarreal, where he was at, made made more money overall on the 200 and 300,000 euro transfers as they did on the 10 and 12 million ones because they could just produce so many players, sell them to second division clubs in Spain, Portugal, wherever they went. So 
you know, that's that's a real sort of challenge as well. That there's, you know, the ones that don't make your first team, um, where are they going to go that you can still monetize that? Yeah, and it seems like USL in general is kind of working on that. Tormenta, um, South Georgia Tormenta has had some luck. They, uh, I'm Indiana, I forget his last name, Vasiliev, uh, who, ended up transferring from their academy to Aston Villa. Um, but it, it's few and far between. And with, with the current current market and everything stateside, uh, I think The Athletic, I think it was Ruder put out uh, an article talking about how a USL one club was asking a $100,000 price tag on, on a player. It uh, was offered $4,000. So just the the dilution of everything in the transfer market here, just because of the perceived perceived value isn't there without the, we could go further and further into promotion relegation and the benefits as it pertains to the transfer market. But that that's a a podcast on its own. (laughs) We were offered X number of thousands of dollars for a player, which to us is an asset and it didn't match up. Mm-hmm. So we said, no, thank you. Um, yeah. And that's, that's why you have contracts and that's, you know, but we, you know, I think yeah. um, it's just going to, it's going to keep growing. It's going to keep maturing. Like the money coming into to the game um, is going to keep growing. Um, you know, I think it's just, you know, I mean, my kids, my dad, the only other time I was in Omaha before I moved here, I was, uh, in fetal form because my, my dad played the 1969 college world series and my mom was pregnant with me, um, you know, but in two generations, baseball was wiped out in my family. My dad was drafted by the Mets, you know, my kids never played. And I think that's a trend that's sort of in a lot of ways growing and the game. So the game's only going to get bigger and keep growing and more money will come into it. And these things will work themselves out, but you know, it just takes time, you know, and we just have to remember that like, you know, we, we want things when we want them, but that doesn't mean we get them. So. Now, now have you met the team's primary owner, what? Gary? Have you met the, the team's uh, primary uh, owner, passing, Gary yes. Green? Okay. Does he know that, that your uh, father was. No, no, should I drop that one on him? <laughs> All right. You, you, should. you should. Yeah, definitely. You <laughs> He's should. A huge Mets fan. Huge Mets fan. Oh, I should have dropped. I should have, when I worked for the team, I should have dropped uh, to Gary that I worked for a former scout for the Mets. Might have helped. <laughs> <Might've> helped. <laughs> <laughs> but bringing it back a little bit more, more to uh, Union Omaha and uh, you, Bobby, with, uh, with the team and, you know, being as tight knit as it is almost the entirety of the, team last year being brought back what what are your responsibilities on the field on training field and, and game time um uh, with you know day to day you know i help prepare training sessions with jay um organize that stuff get it into a database so that we have it um and then on the field we just sort of divide up responsibilities i think i think having multiple voices is important um not only for the players but i think for the coaches i think sometimes you just need to sit back and watch and so, um, you know, 
the fact that he trusts me to do that and he can sit back and watch and sort of just observe and take it all in, um, you know, I think actually will help Jay. Um, sometimes we get too close to it um, and we can take a step back and see things that if you're in the middle of it, it's hard to see. Um, you know, in game time, like, you know, games for me, I try and stay as unemotional as possible, try and stay in as objective as possible, um, to take, you know, take all the feeling and emotion out of it and just really sort of assess what's going on as, you know, as truthfully as I can and just offer feedback where I can. And, um, so that's me. I'm the old guy who just sort of sits around. <laughs> The, the wise, but nice. Uh, yeah, you, you got to yeah. build yourself up on the pod. Uh, All right, no, we'll, we'll tear you down wise, when you're not right? on speaking here. Of wise, and, and, segue here. I had when I heard like the name of the supporters group, I like dusted off my George Clinton mm -hmm. albums. Like I thought, make my funk a <laughs> funk because I'm getting funked up. And then I heard it was just a herd of a school of owls or something. So I learned that too. Yeah. Yeah. I part of it. Uh, so yes, it was a little, as far as I, I recall, it was a little dual, uh, dual purpose there. Cause there are definitely a, a lot of people who were, were looking at it from the funk, um, you know, some, some red light, green light, uh, you know, but when you, you have all, everything around it, it seems like there's, Always a hard time finding a yeah, good no, no, name good. for a supporters group. So it. now I know. So I've learned. I learned that yeah. today. So yeah, the, the more you know. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, ha having now gone over your responsibilities, what are your personal goals uh, for the team? You know, you, you've been with them through preseason. You you've heard what they they did last year. Maybe watch some some tape on it. But what, what are your personal yeah, goals? I, mean, I, I think this team, is a group that, that can, that can if, you know, if you can stay healthy, um, you know, that can make a run at this. I really do. Um, and you never know what happens in the course of a season. But I think there's a culture, there's a mindset, there's a, there's a set system of play that really lends itself to consistency. So we have, we have, some, we have a bedrock from which to build from every day. Um, there's standards from which we work, operate from every day. And, you know, so I think, you know, so many of the variables have been sort of removed that if we can just, you know, stay on task and do all the cliche things like, you know, just focus on what's next in front of us and not get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, that, you know, we should be, we should be there, thereabouts right there at the end. So, um, you know, I expect to, I hope this for the season to go longer. That's what I, that's what I expect. <laughs> to be there yes. the, right before thanksgiving i, I yes. like to that so a very important thing um that seems to come up when new people get involved with union omaha uh, and the supporters become very interested in who that person's teams are so what teams do you root for bobby uh I'm a lifelong Tottenham fan. So I've, I've been, I've been condemned to a life of misery, which I have passed on to my children. Oh, it's okay. Um, I'm a Leeds fan. So we're misery together. <laughs> so, 
believe the expression is misery yeah. loves company. Misery loves company. Um, <laughs> I went to Clemson for two years, so I'm a huge Clemson fan. Um, but other than that, I'm from Dallas, so I root for all the Dallas teams. So okay, cool, cool. But Spurs, Spurs are my Spurs are my baby. Uh, so I'm just I'm. I'm shocked hey, I, that Lucas has not yet mentioned Bayern or Ajax. I think this is the longest we've gone in a recording without that. Yeah, we eclipsed that five <laughs> minutes into the show. I think it's, you know, I think it's, I, I mean, it's an international break in Europe right now, and Ryan's not on the pod tonight. <laughs> but yeah, it's as good of a segue I, as any to my question, which is, uh, Bobby, what's your prediction for who's going to win Champions League this year? It's hard to look past Bayern, and I mean, really, you know. Um, and the other thing, but I would root for PSG just because Pochettino's there, and I think he got hard done by by Tottenham. I think if he had given time, been given time, like you know, Pep was to 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 turn the squad around. You know, I think you know, I think he could have been a. And he is a legend at Spurs, but I think he could have been one of the you know, one of the greats. So it would not break my heart to see uh, PSG win it. Yeah, with Lewandowski getting a four-week injury playing Andorra. <laughs> <laughs> Just shaking my head at that. Yeah. Well, a bunch of fun. I will say, as a uh, Chelsea fan who loves Jose Mourinho, like, you never should have gotten rid of Pochettino. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, that was just a... That's so, terrible. It's a hard way to play, but, isn't it? Like you've got to be winning to do it, right? If things don't go well, then it's like, oh, why? Why are we standing? Why are we standing in our own half if we're not going to win? So, well, and, and you know, he's like each iterative cycle. I read a great article on this this week, but like each, he's got a three. It's he's got a two and a half year shelf life, and you had a coach that could have been there for two decades, and. It, Tottenham is a club where people should be at for two decades, right? Like it's, you know, I, I understand the club's done well lately, but like, you got to remember who you are and who your roots are and having a coach who's there for a long time would have been great for that club. And to get rid of him for a guy who maybe will produce results for two and a half years. is just, you're, you're the only place that really works is Chelsea. Like, yeah. I don't and know. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, it's just more, more of a break. So, um we can uh we can dive into some twitter questions we have a few more uh this is from ranting blue penguin um what do you think we is that tim i think so i wasn't gonna out anybody (laughs) (laughs) um what do you think we can improve on most from last year uh and some examples given were uh, position group play, attacking philosophy. Et yeah, I mean, I think one of the, you know, and I wasn't here last year, and so for me to speak on that, um, I don't think is fair. But what I will speak on is things that we're trying to improve over the course of preseason, and I think you know just having moments um, where we're a little better with the ball, you know, where we we value the ball. I think we work so hard defending, we press, we put people under pressure that. There's, you know, to sustain that, we, there's going to be times where we're going to have to to keep the ball just for a little bit um, and be more, not necessarily, you know, the tiki-taka possession, which, you know, has sort of gone out of vogue now, but more effective with our possession, if that makes sense. And and um, giving ourselves a break on the defensive side. So I think that's something that, that we're really um, 
starting to to dial in on. And I think, you know, it was pretty, the, the last, there was a stretch there in the, the second Phoenix game. I, we had the ball for five minutes straight. It seemed like, you know what I mean? Like, and just, it was a, it was a wonderful combination of our pressure combined with our ability and our confidence on the ball to keep it in play um, that, you know, we'd threaten them, they'd clear it, we'd collect it and we'd use the ball as our pressure on them to not let them out. Um, and so, you know, I think if we can get a little better with that, then we'll be a real challenge for anybody to play against. Nice. I have a follow-up okay. question, actually, from from me personally. No, no, no. I, I got my I'm Twitter questions. We'll, we'll get to them later. But um, <laughs> I do. I, I'm curious. You know, we had seven first-year players last year, and they're all coming back. Um, are you seeing any of those guys making a big second-year jump that we should get really excited about? Basically, can you put any gasoline? on the hype fire. Um, you know, I think they've all, I don't, I wasn't here last year. Right. So, so for me to comment, yeah, fair enough. but I think one thing I will say is, you know, um, I think Dami is as good as there is in this as a left back. Um, you know, I think, I think players like Evan, the year of being a pro under their belt, the maturity that, that, that being a pro takes and, and, um, players like that will all push on to that next little, next little level. Um, and I think one thing that, and I wasn't here last year, but I'll speak to their professionalism, you know, um, never once are they not on time. Never once are they not ready. Never once are they, have they not been ready to train? Um, never once have even, you know, in Phoenix when they went down a goal or whatever did heads drop. You know, there's there's a really good crop of young professional players there. Um, and that's not that sounds much easier than it is to have. You know, being a pro is not not easy. It's the best job in the world and we should be grateful we have it. And, you know, I tell them every morning, like we have the best jobs in the world. Let's go act like it. Um, but it's not easy. Um, so and I think, you know, we Adrian, I, when I worked for Adrian, Adrian had a little saying. Right? And I think this group embodies that saying more than anything. Right. So if you, if you when you walk out of the, the tunnel and you see one of your one of you guys up in the corner, they have, you know, it's the player's responsibility to play every day as hard as any one of you would play if you got one chance to put on that shirt. Um, and I think those these players embody that sort of spirit, you know, that they represent their club and their community really, really well. And I expect that I have I see no reason for that not to continue. So, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> if if the club did ever need a normal person to put a shirt on, I know a goalkeeper. <laughs> Luke can attest. No, Riley, you, you, you've got two dives in you a game, and then it's hurt. <laughs> yeah, but if you're in a good spot, you don't have to dive, so you'll be all right. There we go. <laughs> now we we've um ben's pushed this and we, we've talked a lot about the the younger players on the team but we have a couple seasoned veterans have you seen in just your short time here have you seen some uh good leadership qualities out of those guys who've been pro for for a number of years some of the 
the guys on our team been pro over 10 years, but where they're, you've got players looking up to and they're, they're just being a positive um, leadership influence out there. I would say that like the group does a really good job of policing themselves. I think any new player coming into a new place, it, there, there is a, there is a betting in period that takes a little while. Right. And none of you would like anyone just coming mm -hmm. in from somebody at some other office, wherever you work and start throwing their weight around. Right. So it takes these players a little time to figure out the dynamics and, mm -hmm. um, you know, but I think we're starting to see some of these qualities emerge. I think, um, you know, there's, I think there's as much quiet leadership on this group as, 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 as anything I've seen, um, you know, leading by example, um, encouraging, putting an arm around a shoulder, you know, there's not like a real general or a complete sort of alpha male in there that's running riot over everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so I think there's a really good, good balance to, to the youth and, and some of the experience that's been brought in because, you know, the young guys, what I've seen is the young guys are willing to listen to the guys who've been around a little bit. Um, they will take information on. And I think what you can't overestimate as a coach is the importance of having those guys because it's, you know, it's just like, you know, your parents would tell you one thing when you were a teenager and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when somebody else who's not your parents tells you the exact same thing, it registers completely differently. It makes more sense. Um, it's the same thing with players. Mm -hmm. My wife yeah. and I talk about that a lot with um, each other. <laughs> so I think I think I think we're seeing a lot of that, which is positive. So yeah. Uh, that that's always something you like like to hear is where and, and when we talked to Jay, geez, over a year ago when he the first uh, hashtag Union Omaha signing day. Mm -hmm. Somebody in the front office came mm, up with that. Could have done it again. It's such a good idea. <laughs> but 13 players signed on one day. And the one thing he had to say is every single person could have, or every single young man signed yeah. was a leader in their own right. And, you know, oh, that was, a, know, that was uh, one of the better episodes that you guys have done. That was great. Right. Yeah. Um, so someone, from the, the front office, this wasn't asked over Twitter. It's in the Twitter question section, but I know this wasn't asked over Twitter. Uh, who, who is your favorite person in the front office and how did you learn Spanish? Uh, um, <laughs> I learned Spanish through school, going to Mexico, going to Colombia just speaking Spanish every chance I could. Um, so I think it's, it's important to, to, you know, when you have so many players, you know, especially at MLS, we had a lot of guys, we had, you know, from South America and to be able to, it's a, it's a, it's a delicate thing, right? Because they need to assimilate to, on some level and learn English. Right. But at the same time to be able to express themselves in their own language at times is important. Um, and so I always took a little bit of pride in the fact that I could, I could, provide that for them. Um, you know, um, so yeah. And who my favorite person is, uh, that I, I don't, I'm not doing that. I love them all. <laughs> but I do love sharing espresso every morning with Yanira. So that, that's good. But then James takes really good care of me. So everybody's, everybody's been great. So yeah. <laughs> 
course it does. We call yeah, him Gomez, though. I'm yeah. trying to get him not to be called James yeah. anymore. Straight, straight Hamez. Yeah, his uh, affinity with spreadsheets got him the nickname last year, and how he made it or made it uh, Werner Park safe for social distance uh, viewing of, of games in person. Uh, so he became okay. Jimmy I can, I Jimmy can Spreadsheets. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As well as his, there you, you go. Know, <laughs> upbringing. All right, I got right. I got one not last non Twitter yeah. question. Uh, what what TV show would you be watching if you were not doing this podcast? And why should we all? Be um, watching? What have I been watching? I've. <laughs> I'm going to have to rewatch it, but I just watched that QAnon documentary on HBO. Holy cow. That's a whole other universe I know nothing about. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd probably have to, like, go back and watch that again. My daughter and I started the Netflix show about the the Pirate Republic in the Caribbean. Um after watching the one about the samurais in Japan, holy cow, that was pretty amazing too. So I'm a big documentary guy. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, but my favorite show of all time is The Wire. So if you've never seen The Wire, I strongly recommend going back and watching that. If you're a documentary guy, have you watched um, Free Solo? Stop plugging leads. I have not, but that's I know what it's about <laughs> going up. What? Um, El yeah, Capitan in uh, yeah, Yosemite. Yeah. No, you know why I won't watch that? Is I'm so, I hate heights so much. Like my palms sweat when I see people like standing on the edge of buildings and stuff. My palms, on TV, my palms start to sweat. So <laughs> I, I like won't that. lie to you. It's definitely shot in a way that would make your whole body sweat. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I stay away from that stuff. So, yeah. Well, Riley and I have also been enjoying or various levels yes. of enjoying drive to survive oh yeah i do like, yeah, I, haven't watched the new season. I do like that and I, I got into f1 because i watched that ayrton senna documentary mm -hmm. years ago and um oh yeah I, yeah um yeah i've actually went to the circuit of the americas uh in austin one year so. awesome i have not Oof. gotten to do that yet because i got into uh i got into f1 because i had a newborn and uh, not much is on yeah. at 6 a.m. on Saturday mornings. And, uh, you know, so I got into F1. You don't have a driver? I don't know. I, my first wow. year. Casual. Is, I, I, I just all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm getting crushed <laughs> on a soccer pod for my F1 beliefs. No, no, but okay. So at first, at first, I was like, oh, Max Verstappen, like, reminds me of my favorite cyclist who's dodging about the same age. And then I watched Drive to Survive. And it turns out he is an asshole. And I was like, why? Well, I don't like this guy at all. He's insufferable. And so, like, right. I, I like Lewis Hamilton a lot. But, like, it, it's really hard to identify with a guy who's won, like, you know, five championships in a row or whatever. Like, If, if you didn't answer Kimi Raikkonen, you're your wrong. Your driver would be Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> oh. right. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I enjoy Kimi. The fact that it, he's Luke's favorite driver. Watch, watch the, the David Letterman, uh, the David let Letterman say, show on Netflix. He does really one with, with, with Hamilton. It's pretty good. It's really good, actually. I, 
I think Hamilton's like an amazing guy, but it, it, he's, it's, I don't know. Like I'm already a Chelsea fan. There's only he's kind of got so much that front running I can do in my life. He's right? so like, successful <laughs> that you can't identify with anything about like what he does. So it's really hard to like, I, you don't. Yeah. Like how can I turn on TV on a Sunday morning and be like, right. I want to see win today. Lewis Hamilton. Like, of course it's, gonna happen anyway like i just want to see it be competitive and interesting and like i gotta say uh ricardo and norris this year on mclaren lando like, norris is my I'm favorite driver i'm person. excited about and then i would honestly have to say lewis is second just because of all of his success and all of the stuff that he does off the track too i think is amazing the, the tax <laughs> evasion kind of loses me on you think on, kimmy on pays taxes on the grid uh, Hey, saying he still lives in Finland. Pretty sure he lives in uh, what? Uh, Bobby, Carlos do you have a favorite driver? Oh, smooth operator. Yeah. Sorry, I'm letting my, my F1 nerd. Uh, I think he. I think he'd be a bit yeah, of a tough hang, though. He's like mid-pack guy. He does all right. Seems like a nice guy. So yeah, all right. I'm all for that. Yeah, fair enough. All right, I think we got one question uh, left, Ben. Because typically we ask, where, where can people find you? Um, and I, I don't believe you're on Twitter. I'm not sure if you want people tracking you on, on Facebook or, or Instagram. But Where can um, people ben. find you? <laughs> well, I just... I, I want to say thank you. They can usually oh, find me Bobby, like ahead, every sorry. like between like four and six at the hot yoga place on. Uh, <laughs> the, um, Where are you going to hot yoga? I don't even know what it's called. It's power, power, some life yoga, something. I don't know. It's right. Like on. It's in Blackstone. It's where the switch is, the switch, that food court thing. It's in that same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I walk to yoga is. every yeah, afternoon now, now that I've settled and in the neighborhood and clear my head and sweat and walk home. So that's where they can find me. That's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Before, before we ask the final question, I do want to say thank you. Ooh. Uh, and I said I'll be the stiff guy in the back row. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, also, Bobby, I want to thank you for uh, accepting my LinkedIn request. When we were introducing you and trying to figure out your backstory, we were looking on LinkedIn. I was like, I'm going to add him, and so you know, you oh no problem. Back right I away. Know how really LinkedIn, I'm really, I mean, don't take this wrong. I'm not really sure how LinkedIn works. So. No, no, it's fine. I, I assumed that you just thought I still worked for the team, and and but you like maybe hadn't met me yet, and so you were just accepting to no be problem. nice. So anybody else wants fine. to LinkedIn, just hit me up. <laughs> I, Guys, I, I'm I don't really know how LinkedIn works. I, I'm pretty sure unless you're trying to drum up a book of business to sell vacuum cleaners, no one does. <laughs> um, but, no, but. Well, let's try and Bobby, let's try and get Bobby's numbers up on LinkedIn because I was you know pre two hundred with him. So you know, <laughs> if you made it this far, I'm Adam on LinkedIn. There you go. Yeah, no, I'm not really a big social media guy. I think 
The whole idea of me thinking that what I have to say is so important that I have to put it out to the whole world seems a little silly to me. So I stay off. (laughs) Well, you're welcome back here anytime. Thank you very much. I'll come back anytime. It's been great. Uh, I think think we should ask, uh, we should let Riley ask. What an honor. So uh, who gives a hoot? I do. We do. We do. do. 